So we will continue our passage. It is now Deuteronomy 34, 1 to 12. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all of the land of Judah, as far as the Western Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the Valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. And then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab on the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where the grave is. Moses was 120 years old, but his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands upon him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded to Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face who did all of those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and all the officials and the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as I said at the beginning of the service, I am going to finish our series on the life of Moses today. And I don't know about you, but I find that reading we've just had read as he climbs out Mount Nebo, aged 120, right at the end of his life, overlooking the promised land. It's a very, very moving moment, actually, in uh, the whole of the Bible. Now, Moses has been strangely appropriate and a trusted guide uh, in this time we find ourselves in with the coronavirus because he actually is someone who lived in a time of crisis and journeyed through many many crises over the course of his life. So today what I want to do as we wrap up this series is really look back over his life and try and identify some things that we could do as we um, find ourselves in this time of challenge and testing. Now, I don't have slides, so um, I've made, uh, I've improvised. And so the first thing I want to suggest we do as we reflect on the life of Moses is let's be people who bend, not break. What on earth uh, do I mean by that? Well, actually, we're living in a context where some of the basic ways we do life have radically changed in a very short space of time, uh, literally days and a couple of weeks. You know, where, how we do life, how we interact, where we can go. It's all changed suddenly. And we're working at home. We've got children uh, at home. If we've got children, schools are shut. And so this is a massively different way of doing life. What I love about Moses is he 
He bended to new circumstances. He didn't stay rigid and break, but actually adapted and morphed depending on uh, where he found himself on. And he found himself in very many different crises, different contexts, different terrains with different challenges. And yet he, he actually changed regularly uh, so that he could adapt and cope with uh, the new environment. You know, one of the obvious things would probably be in Exodus 18, where he's single-handedly judging and ruling over all the people. And his father-in-law, Jethro, comes and says, look, Moses, what are you doing? You're going to wear yourself out. And then that changes. Uh, Moses uh, bends and adapts and delegates a whole lot of leadership out. But there are many, many other um, examples. The truth is, you know, we can't actually do what we normally do at the moment. And so we have to find uh, new routines, new ways of doing life. And, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities within this. But can I encourage you to think practically about how you can change uh, what you're doing and how your routines will have to change so you can stay sane in this uh, new environment? How are you going to work? How are you going to um, eat? When are you going to eat? How are you going get to a, get a break? All these basic things, which I'm sure you've been grappling with and wrestling with, just as I have been over the last week. So let's be people who bend, not break, and are adaptable. And I think one of the keys that Moses had was that he was very humble and so he could be adaptable and he was humble because he realized that he wasn't actually in control. His life was a lesson in the fact he wasn't in control, if you think about it, uh, with his family of origin, with going to Egypt, with ending up in the wilderness, with ending up leading the people. And so the list goes on. But he um, recognized that he just wasn't in control. And I think that's one of the challenges for us as we adapt and change. One of the painful things probably of this whole coronavirus has been that reminder that we're not in control. And even though uh, we might try and do all we can to ensure against life's unpredictabilities, actually, uh, we have to, in this present environment, change, adapt and find new ways of doing life uh, together. Can I also, as well as doing what we can, as well as bending, not breaking, can I um, encourage us to connect and also unplug? Connect and also unplug. What on earth do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that let's actually, despite the social distancing, despite our social uh, isolation, if we're in vulnerable categories, can we be people who basically... Um, stay relationally connected with others. Obviously, social media, the internet, fantastic at this. There's so many different ways uh, you can communicate, be it uh, Instagram, Facebook, FaceTime, Zoom, house party, the list goes on and on. But one of the wonderful things is we can stay relationally um, connected. And um, there's that funny old thing called the phone as well, uh, which is also brilliant uh, at these times. But I'm really concerned for people actually who are 
isolated and on your own, particularly if you're isolating on your own. And I would urge you to connect and would you contact us and we will do all we can to support you at this time. So what I'm saying is let's be people who connect. Moses was very relationally connected with the people around him, with his family, with his siblings, Aaron and Miriam, uh, with his father-in-law, with the other leaders in Israel, with the community of the Israelites. You know, he was very, very connected. That's so very, very important that we too connect like him. Can I encourage us to not just connect, but also unplug? What do I mean by unplug? What I mean is spend time alone with God. And we saw last week Moses did that in the tent of meeting. He would withdraw in the crisis, in the stress of the situation um, and actually seek God and be with God. It was funny. The other day, Beck said to me, um, Mike, the printer isn't working. Can you have a look at it? And, you know, I am not a technical expert. So I, I went to the printer and I literally unplugged it for five minutes uh, and then I plugged it back in and it worked. And then Beck said to me later on in the day, how, how did you get on with the printer? And I said, yeah, I mean, it's been tough. I think I've mended it. Um, and it was absolutely fine. All I did was actually unplug it. But I like what Anne Lamott says. She said, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. So let's unplug, let's spend time with God. And I think especially if we are struggling, this is really, really key to our, our, our mental health, our spiritual health, as we spend time with God. Think of those verses, you know, in, in the Bible, Psalm 105, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always, that his face means presence. Or James 4, 8, this is an amazing pro promise if we unplug and spend time with God. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And what happens actually when we unplug and spend time with God as well is that he comforts us. He draws near to us and uh, that makes a massive difference. I love the words in 2 Corinthians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. So can I encourage us to relationally connect, not be um, feeling like no one um, is connected with us or no one cares about us. As a church, we care about you and we want to hear from you. But also let's unplug and draw comfort from God in this time. Can I also encourage us to be people who lament and also lighten up? What do I mean by that? Well, I think lament, we're actually uh, in a context of grief is the is the reality of a, a lot of the stress for us. I think there have been a lot of losses uh, over the last few weeks. Literally, some people have lost their life, which is absolutely tragic. And we pray and we really... Um, I don't know, just feel really gutted for um, the families caught up in that. Uh, people have lost their life, but there have been very many um, other losses. And um, 
you know, students uh, who worked hard for exams um, have suddenly found that they're not going to be completing their degrees. People who've worked hard for GCSEs, A-levels, public exams um, uh, are suddenly um, not going to be able to take those exams. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sure some of the children, uh, some of the young people are pleased about that, but many I know aren't because there's a sense of, ah, oh, you know, uh, we might not do as well as we could have, could, could have done if we'd taken the exams. I think there are other losses too, you know, some people have ended school just with a few days notice or a few hours notice and there's been no proms, there's been no celebration at the end. And I know many people have had to change um, arrangements, quite significant arrangements with um, the social isolation and social distancing. I know I, I know people um, in the church family who are planning to get married can't get married now. You know, th these are big losses. The thing with Moses is he was someone who could lament and he could grieve and he could process his losses. And, you know, he had a lot of losses in his life. Um, his family of origin, separation from the family, living in a different country. And uh, he had all sorts of griefs over the course of his life, but he seems to be someone who's able to process those and work through those. And I know that takes a long time, depending uh, on the losses, especially if they're big losses, but he seems to process them. And he, he, he had a number of griefs, you know, he lost Miriam, he lost Aaron. Perhaps one of the biggest griefs of his life was uh, not being able to enter the promised land, but just look at it from the top of Mount Nebo. You know, that's a massive, that's a massive grief, but he seemed to be able to process those things. So can I encourage us to uh, be people who lament at this time and, um, you know, uh, engage with some of the losses we're feeling rather than try and deny them or um, suppress them because that can put us under more stress and pressure. And I know these losses are, are, are very um, diverse and different. I know lots of people I've spoken to uh, are really worried about their businesses, for example. That's another massive loss. So let's be people who lament, um, but also uh, let's be people who lighten up what do I mean by that? Well, basically, I, I've spoken to a number of people who think, oh, my gosh, I'm finding this so intense. I'm finding this so full of pressure this time. And I, I just I can't go anywhere to escape um, the pressure and anxiety of the coronavirus. Well, can I encourage you to lighten up, maybe watch some light TV, read a book that's um, relaxing or, um, you know, do something that will just take the pressure and stress uh, off you. And um, dare I say it, you know, as well, I think it's really, really important that um, we retain a sense of humour at this time. Now, please hear me. What I'm not doing is trivialising what's happening. I'm not saying what's happening is funny. I'm not being superficial. But actually, humour is a great way of coping. And it's always fascinates me that um, governments, when their troops go to war, will often send comedians 
to uh, entertain the troops. Why is that? Because it's all superficial? No. Humour actually is a phenomenal uh, coping mechanism. And so there's a lot of actually appropriately funny stuff doing the rounds on social media. And if that takes the stress off people, if that helps people relax, if that helps people cope uh, with the present circumstances we find ourselves in, well, I think that's an appropriate thing. So let's lament, but also let's lighten up. Finally, can I encourage us to go for hope, not despair? One of the most extraordinary things about Moses is that through the tough times, the good times, the changing times, the strange times, the uh, very uncertain times, he is someone who holds on to hope and he doesn't fall into uh, despair. It's easy to lose our hope and um, actually fall into despair. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, Proverbs 13 says. But Moses was a faithful seeker of God, and that was the key to his sustained hope over the long term. And what I love about the story of Moses is despite the difficult journey he was on, despite uh, his death on Mount Nebo, against all the odds, in a very, very extraordinary way, he does actually get to see the promised land. And what am I talking about? Well, you know, on the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, he appears with Peter, James and John and Elijah in the promised land. And God is faithful uh, to Moses and he's going to be faithful um, to us. More significantly, though, and we mustn't miss this, I want to end with this, is that Moses just doesn't just get to see the promised land. He gets something much more than that. He actually gets to see the promised one. Jesus Christ, who appears with Elijah and Peter, James and John. And I want to encourage us to, in in changing times, come to the unchanging one, Jesus, who is described as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. And he actually is um, someone who can give us hope in these uncertain times. I love what uh, it says in 1 Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In Jesus, we can actually discover and access hope. And I would commend him to you at this time, however you're feeling. And um, can I encourage you to be drawing on his love, his strength, his grace, his kindness, his goodness and his compassion and comfort in these uncertain times? And I want to actually end by praying uh, a prayer that Paul writes to the church in Rome. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.